What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Run Your Mouth podcast. Isn't this incredible? We're going two days in a row, and I need everybody over the weekend, talk to your wife, gather your finances, because next week I'm going to make the grand old pitch to how we make this a daily briefing extravaganza on a daily basis. No more claiming daily briefings, and then just briefings every once in a while when I actually wake up in the morning. We're not going to be doing it that way anymore. We're going to be going full squill professional with the support of you people, but we're not going to pitch that until next week. Because I've ADD and over the weekend, I might even decide that that's not a good idea. I might go party in Pittsburgh so hard, rally me and my friends. My friend Jeremy, we're going to take that bow and arrow out there. We're going to hunt ourselves some deers. We're going to slice it up for the party. Then we're going to get hammered and we're going to head into Pittsburgh, the city of bridges, and we're going to break bottles under all of these bridges. You know why? Because I still love breaking a bottle out under a bridge. Now I'm an adult, so you got you to gotta be safe. You got to check for homeless people first. Last thing I want to do is be hauling glass bottles, finding out there's some dude in fentanyl didn't even realize that he's got glass in his legs. You don't even know that you hurt a homeless person. That's not what I'm about. I'm about peacefully breaking glass bottles under bridges. In Pittsburgh's a town, they got all sorts of glass bottles and bridges. They got, you, got, you know how many bridges you can be breaking glass bottles under when, when you're out in Pittsburgh? So show up. Summer Porch Store is in session. I am going to be in Pittsburgh this weekend with my friend Annie Malfinari. Malfinari, Malfarina. I fuck up people's last names. I got to practice last names. But we're not talking about the things we're not good at. We're, we're focused on the positive now, which is showing up in Pittsburgh and having a fucking party at my friend's house, hunting some deer, breaking bottles under bridges. So show up. I'm working on a 45 minutes that I'm hoping to film at the end of summer and then claims a full hour because that's what you do when you're a stand-up comic uh my friend andy's fucking funny as all hell uh if people are feeling it maybe we'll do a live run your mouth afterwards and it's going to be fun i don't know when the next time i'm going to be in the pittsburgh area so show the hell up all right let's get into some news topics because there's a lot to cover uh let's start with um why now is the time to be doing less work at work you might still be in a day job and now is the golden time to be at your day job and just pretend like you're working. So, you know, everyone's got to work for a living. But if you're currently at a day job, just now, like, be on vacation. Like, show up every day or pretend like you're working from home. But now's the time where you just don't want to get much done so you can reserve your strengths for when the recession comes. And then you, you, you've you been resting up, and so you're going to be ready to work hard. All right, next we got uh, is activist Amber Heard talking about how her court case lost setback women. I'm a bad writer. Uh, let's try that one again. Activist Amber Heard has been talking about how her court case lost setback women. Is this another act of defamation? When does Jesse Smollett get out of jail? Because that would make for a power cunt couple. EU leaders agreed in principle on Monday to cut 90% of oil imports from Russia at the end of this year. Is the other 10% not being banned going to be used to heat these leaders' homes. And then lastly, Bill Barr, after Sussman acquittal, said Durham did an exceptionally able job. I've never seen this expression before, but is that just another way of saying you lost? Could be. All right, let's get into our first topic, which is why. Oh, no, no, no. It's not why you should be doing less at work. Let's, uh, let's watch this ad. Rand Paul. Dude, I mean, if anyone should just be running on without anyone trying to take their seat, it's Rand Paul. I mean, Rand Paul, he, he's taken, well, sadly, he hasn't taken down Fauci. But if you've been watching all these press hearings, I mean, Rand Paul's been on top of stuff. Rand Paul's the only voice of reason that every time people are like, hey, let's go spend all the money, at least one guy shows up and goes, uh, I just want to be the person to point out that we don't really have this money. 
And it's not like people are even enjoying the party. Like it would be one thing if we were spending all this money and we were having the best times of our lives. And then you get the nerdy kid showing up and he goes, hey, maybe we shouldn't be wrecking this person's house. And you're like, shut the fuck up, nerdy guy. We're having a fucking party here. Do you not see keg stands over there? Strippers over there? Tits out are over there? People are vomiting outdoors. This party hasn't gotten out of control. Everyone who needs to throw up, they're going outside to do it. And now you're showing up here and trying to ruin it, but that's not what it's like. It's more like it's gotten to the point where everyone's passed down in the corners. They are throwing up indoors. People are taking more heroin, but they're still asleep from the last heroin. Everyone's just walking around confused. They got, they're doing the Biden walk, the, like the Biden reading a teleprompter. Or, oh, what am I supposed to say? Everyone looks like that. And Rand's like, hey, maybe it's time that we uh, all stop doing all these drugs, except in this allegory, metaphor. It's not an allegory. In this metaphor, the drugs are all the money that government's spending. So he's the one guy showing up being like, hey, maybe we should clean up our act. Maybe we shouldn't spend all this money. And he's the one guy who's been busting uh, busting Fauci because he's also a doctor. And they just try and go, well, you're a mall optometrist. I don't think it's that easy to become a mall optometrist. Guess what? I'm not even a mall optometrist. And I could have read all this stuff and told you were lying. Probably couldn't have done as, as good of a job asking Fauci questions. I probably would have gotten lost and frustrated with all of his weaseling. But anyways. So here's an ad from a person who's opposing Rand Paul and trying to take his Senate seat, living down in the good state of Kentucky. Let's give it a watch. The pain of our past persists to this day. In Kentucky, like many states throughout the South, lynching was a tool of terror. It was used to kill hopes for freedom. It was used to kill my ancestors. Now, in a historic victory for our Commonwealth, I have become the first black Kentuckian to receive the Democratic nomination for US Senate. My opponent, the very person who compared expanded healthcare to slavery, the person who said he would have opposed the Civil Rights Act, the person who single-handedly blocked an anti-lynching act from being federal law. The choice couldn't be clearer. Do we move forward together or do we let politicians like Rand Paul forever hold us back and drive us apart? In November, we will choose healing. We will choose Kentucky. So for those of you listening to the podcast version, which is most of the people who like to consume this fine podcast, that was a video ad from, I think the guy's name was Charles Brooker running for U.S. Senate, and he does mostly ad with a noose around his neck. Uh, and, you know, he's criticizing Rand Paul, and one of the big criticisms there was that Rand Paul uh, did not, or at least held up the anti-lynching bill. And so when I saw that, I actually didn't remember this. I was like, why do you think Rand Paul probably held this thing up? I'm sure he had a reason. I'm sure Rand Paul isn't pro-lynching. Let's go see what the reason is. And so I found a political article. And now they're even trying to give you the negative spin about why Rand Paul was holding this thing up. But here was the quote from Rand Paul. Under the statute as written, bruises could be considered lynching. That's a problem to put someone in jail for 10 years for some kind of altercation. And it also, I think, demeans how horrible lynching actually was, Paul said on Wednesday. So I don't know what's in the bill. I do know Rand Paul's got a pretty good track record on these things. And usually when he's holding things up, like even on the Ukraine one, he was like, hey, can we at least just get a watchdog? And this is such a dirty trick where it's like if they were to put forward, let's say, the bill to, the bill to feed hungry kids. 
And then you're reading through the bill and you're like, well, why is there a part in here that one of the vendors that can be used to feed kids is Bill Gates' worms, where Bill Gates is actually going to show up to schools and feed the kids like they're like he's a mother bird and he's just going to spit worms into their mouth. And it, it, but it's going to be processed. So it's basically just going to look like uh, SpaghettiOs. But Bill Gates, I don't understand. Why is there a provision in this bill where Bill Gates gets to, to gets to spit SpaghettiOs that are made into worms into kids mouth? You get rid of the part about feeding bugs and worms and roaches to kids. I'll support this bill. And then two years later, they're in the news. They're going, why is this guy holding up the feeding kids bill? Does this guy like hungry kids? And then you're watching one of those commercials. They got the Sarah McLaughlin thing going in the background of the, in the eyes of an angel. La, la, la. And then instead of side puppies, you just got these little teeny starving kids, but, but they, but they superimpose their eyes to look bigger. And then they go, Rand Paul supported kids being hungry. No, I was just trying to make sure that they wouldn't feed the kids worms. I stepped in here and I was like, I'm all for feeding kids. Just don't be giving worms to the kids. You get rid of the worm part. I'm happy to feed kids too, but that's not the way they play it. They go, look at this guy. He's, he's anti-feeding kids. It's a dirty trick. And I'm, I'm here to yell about it from my living room. Support our sponsors, yokratum.com, home of the $60 kilo. You want to you wanna know how you don't end up this yelly all the time? Uh, you take kilos of Kratom, but not me. Not, not during my work day. I'm every once in a while because I'm over the age of 21. I like a train wreck pill, which calms me down, gets me in the zone if I got paperwork to do. But if you're doing a show like this, I'm trying to be all amped up so I can keep you guys excited, get you the good information. I'm not taking myself some train wrecks. I'm not trying to calm down. I'm trying to go the other way. All right, let's continue. What are the news stories we got? Before we get into that, let's see what comments we got. All sorts of people coming in, checking out the show. Jacob Lindsay, what's up, dude? Childerberg, that was a blast. I have an idea to pitch you. We'll do that another time. Marion Brandon, if his ancestors were actually killed by lynching, would he have still been born? What a question. Patino, Africa didn't sell their best. All right, come on, guys. Cool it in the chat. Spud Ruckus and Fat Sally Fields eating the kids' food. Uh, yeah, we could put, we could throw her in the commercial. She's a good actress. All right. What else we got here? Let's move forward. Job openings outnumbered job seekers by almost two to one report shows. Let's read a bit of this article. It's from week magazine. The labor market continued to favor job seekers in April with nearly twice as many job openings as there were Americans looking for work. According to a report released Wednesday by the Bureau of Labor Statistics, there were 11.4 million job openings in April. 4.4 million Americans quit or changed jobs, a rate close to a 20-year high. Meanwhile, only 1.2 million Americans, an all-time low, were laid off. In other words, if you don't like your job, you can probably find a better one. But if your boss doesn't like you, there's no guarantee she can replace you with someone better. While still very much in a workers and job seekers market, economist Nick Bunker told the Washington Post, which is, I am taking the opportunity now to advocate, quit working hard. You know, they can't, they can't fire if they wanted you, they wanted to, they couldn't replace you if they could. So, you know, exert the leverage while you can, while you have it, be a jerk. You know, this might be your only opportunity to be a real jerk off at work where you can just be like, you know what, fire me. No, I'm not going to do that. And listen, it's not going to work out well in the long run because when the recession strikes in and all of a sudden, you know, they're going to can people, you think they're going to can the people that were being fucking dicks? Of course they will. But listen, if you're just stuck in your shitty day job and you're probably not plowing forward in life and you're not a person who like naturally likes what you're doing and, and you don't really want to work hard at it to be great at it, then now is the opportunity to go peak jerk off and, and might be good practice too because maybe you're a low self-esteem individual. 
And you, you don't have an easy time telling people to go fuck themselves. You don't have any, you're more of like the guilt driven person where you'll, you'll work really hard and then not get paid hundred percent for your efforts because you have a hard time advocating for yourself. So I'm saying this is now the prime environment to practice being a little bit of a dick at work and just being like, make me. No, I'm not going to do that. No, I'm not going to clean up the store. No, I'm not going to stay late. I'm not going to do these things you want and know that you got the leverage that the boss probably can't do anything about it. So enjoy the leverage while you got it. I mean, the wheel's going to turn. It's going to turn fast and work hard and, you know, stash food in your closets. But until that wheel turns, enjoy it while you can. Um, yeah, there's no reason to read that. All right, moving forward. Here was a tweet from Donald J. Trump on the backs of Sussman getting off. It's actually not a tweet. It, it was uh, uh, too bad he put it out on Truth Social. And uh, the truth is no one gives a shit when it's over there. You, you might as well you might as well go uh, chop down trees in a forest and no one can hear and just yell into space. You might as well go back to blogging. You might as well go back to writing recipes from the desk of the no longer president Donald Trump because Truth Social is a failure, kind of like that wall he never built, kind of like that Kraken he never presented. And he's still talking about, hey, I got crack. I want to see a Kraken. You got a Kraken, you, you got to show it to us already. You can't just keep telling me you got Krakens when you ain't got no Krakens. All right, let's read it. Our legal system is corrupt. Our judges and justices are highly partisan, compromised, or just plain scared. Our borders are open. Our elections are rigged. Inflation is rampant. Gas prices and food costs are through the roof. Our military leadership is woke. Our country is going to hell. And Michael Sussman is not guilty. How's everything else doing? Enjoy your day. There you go. It's the latest from Donald Trump. Let's get that guy back on Twitter. Let's get that guy back in the campaign trail because uh, as long as he's saying things on Truth Social, you know, no one's going to be able to see it. And this, even this one's a little bit confusing because he's saying Michael Sussman's not guilty. So is he also saying that everything else before that's not true? I mean, Donald Trump's linguistic English skills are about as poor as, as mine are. Uh, all right. So now I want to read for you guys. Uh, Biden, he was in the uh, New York Times yesterday, he was in the Wall Street Journal. The people who've been sitting there writing on his teleprompter were like, can we just write op-eds? Can we just put information directly out to the people? Because, you know, I'm writing really good shit. I'm putting it up on the teleprompter, and then he's talking about going to war with Russia. I, I'm putting words right in front of us, and instead he's going off script, and he's telling us his feelings, and then I got to I gotta stand in the White House and retract his feelings? I don't want to be retracting feelings. I'm not a feelings kind of guy. I feelings of some dude I'm not even having sex with. How did I end up in a situation this gay? I'm, I'm the ruler of the deep state. I'm the guy behind the scenes sending policy. And now I got to address the feelings of some old guy with dementia. That's not what I'm looking to do. So instead of putting the words on the teleprompter for this guy to fumble through, why don't I just write the pieces and we'll publish them in, directly in the newspapers? Why don't we just do that instead? And so here, yesterday, he had this op-ed talking about inflation in the Wall Street Journal. It actually wasn't that flagrant to critique. But today, he wrote an op-ed in the New York Times. So uh, let's read it do a breakdown, call it an episode. Does that sound good? Good. I hope that you sat in your car and you said, yeah, that does sound good. I'm with you, Rob. Read the op-ed. Here we go. Biden Times op-ed. The invasion Vladimir Putin thought would last days is now in its fourth month. There you go. It's not that uh, Putin's totally winning. It's not that he's just taking territories and sieging areas until Ukraine folds and goes, yeah, why don't you guys take all the, uh, uh, I don't think it's uranium. It's the uh, well, well, what's in, uh, what have I been saying there? Lithium? I don't even know that for a fact. I just have one really smart friend who told that to me. I should probably validate that one because I brought it up on like nine shows. And more often than not, I pull the information out of my ass and it turns out to be right. So let's continue. The Ukrainian people surprised Russia and inspired the world with their sacrifice, grit, and battlefield success. 
the free world and many other nations led by the United States rallied to Ukraine's side with unprecedented military, humanitarian, and financial support. As the war goes on, I want to be clear about the aims of the United States in these efforts. You know, Biden, he always likes to be clear. I want to be clear. I want to be clear. Uh, three things. 72-point plan. 18 things on my list. America's goal is straightforward. We want to see a democratic, independent, sovereign, and prosperous Ukraine with the means to deter and defend itself against further aggression. There you go. Straightforward. That's why there's so many simple words here. Just a simple... Uh, a simple idea. Let's read that one again. America's goal is straightforward. We want to see. And once you're saying we want to see, yeah, you can say anything after that. I'd like to see, uh, I'd like to see churches that didn't touch kids and bake banana bread every Friday. And you didn't even need to go to the church for the banana bread. And then when you ate the banana bread, they'd also just give you money. They would actually pay you for eating the banana bread. And then you could go make donations to other institutions that don't touch kids. And then they could take that money and then they could go spend it and hire people. And then we could fix the economy off of the wealth of the church because you can take, I, I don't know why I'm picking on the church. Well, because they've been in the news recently for touching kids again. So it's on them. You know, it's not like I'm picking on the church. They just need to not touch kids. And then, and then the hack joke wouldn't even exist anymore. You know, your brain's searching for jokes and that's like the easiest one. And then part of your brain tries to go, well, that's irrelevant and it's hacky. So there's no reason to pull that little joke lever. And then you're like, well, I did just read it yesterday in the news, so it's on them for keeping it relevant. So oh, but anyways, going back to the Biden thing of what you want to see. I mean, is this really the best fantasy you can come up with for what you'd like to see? Why not tell us what you really want to see, which is uh, Putin calling us up and going, hey, listen, guys, you know, I fucked up here. I have cancer. I figured I'd go out in a blast and, you know, retake over the world. But uh, I realized that, you know, taking over the world, it's immoral. And uh, I really... I would like for the American empire, just so you know what we're going to do, we're, we're going to discontinue the ruble. We're going to go all American currency. Uh, we're going to sell our gas at a discount. We're going to close down Nord Stream. And you know what? Why don't you guys just take Ukraine? You've earned it at this point after being such a noble and grand empire. I mean, if we're just describing what we want to see, if we're just going to write the fantasy of what we'd like to see, why not tell us what you'd really like to see? Hunter Biden in bed with kids without the rest of the world judging him. I mean, why don't we just talk about what you really like to see? I, I, I bet if you what you really like to see is for your brain to go back in time 10 years to before you had dimension, you could actually read a teleprompter so that not everyone's laughing at you at all the time. I mean, why not tell us what you really want to see? All right, well, let's reread what he quoted as being what he'd like to see. America's goal is straightforward. We want to see a democratic, independent, sovereign, and prosperous Ukraine with the means to deter and defend itself against further aggression. All right, cool. I guess he got a nice fantasy there. And uh, and also that know that there, uh, let's add that there wouldn't be any supply line issues. No one in Ukraine should be displaced, uh, that we shouldn't have uh, funded them so that they wouldn't fold sooner and so that, you know, more people could die. I mean, why not add traveling back in time a little bit to before we pushed Russia into this and that uh, Ukraine had less death? And maybe, you know what, maybe it could be just what, what the situation in Ukraine was before Russia invaded. They seem to be doing all right seem to have a little bit less death. They seem to have wheat that they were harvesting and sending to the rest of the world. Maybe we could just go back to that. Maybe that would be a nice thing to see. All right, let's continue. As President Vladimir Zelensky, Voldemeyer, is it Voldemeyer or Vladimir? I don't know. Zelensky of Ukraine has said, ultimately, this war will, ult uh, will only definitely end through diplomacy. Every negotiation reflects the facts on the ground. We have moved quickly to send Ukraine a significant amount of weaponry, 
and ammunition so it could fight on the battlefield and be in the strongest possible position at the negotiating table. That's why I've decided that we will provide the Ukrainians with more advanced rocket systems and munitions that will enable them to more precisely strike key targets in the battle on the battlefield in the Ukraine. We will continue cooperating with our allies and partners on Russian sanctions, the toughest ever imposed on a major economy. We will continue providing Ukraine with advanced weaponry, including Javelin anti-tank missiles, Stinger anti-craft missiles, powerful artillery and precision rocket systems, radars, unnamed armed vehicles, my 17 helicopters and ammunition. But we're not going to war with Russia. We're they're, they're totally not at war. Just uh, just providing, you know, other people the utensils for war. But we're not we're not at war. We'll also send billions more in financial assistance as authorized by Congress. We will work with our allies and partners to address the global food crisis that Russia's aggression is worsening. Look at that. Uh, the, the food crisis that Russia's aggression is worsening. Russia's going to be totally, if not only is Putin, Putin uh, responsible for inflation and for your gas prices, but uh, when they run out of food next year, remember, that was Russia's aggression too. It, was, it wasn't that we could have looked at the situation and gone, hey, we probably shouldn't provoke Russia into a war and we should probably try and get this thing toned it down pretty quickly because uh, people are going to be looking for supplies over here. Remember, it's all Putin's war. It's Russia's aggression. Uh, no one could have foreseen this. If we're, if we're closing baby food factories, you can't call it fault the FDA for uh, it was the aggression of that factory in, in making three kids sick. No one else is responsible when nobody else makes a call to go, hey, you know, we're kind of relying on all that baby food. All right, let's continue here. And we will help our European allies and others reduce their dependence on Russian fossil fuels and speed our transition to a clean energy future. That's probably the the, the, the scariest part about this is uh, taking the opportunity of slowing economies, turning up the costs on energy and going, well, this is a good opportunity for the alternative energy that doesn't really work and is generally speaking too expensive to suddenly make sense. You know, I, I, ooh, I should have thought of an example on that one earlier. We'll come back to it. You know, it's like, uh, and no, no, that's not a good example. We'll come back to that one. All right. We will also continue reinforcing NATO's Eastern flank with forces and capabilities from the United States and other allies. And just recently, I welcome Finland and Sweden's application to NATO, a move that will strengthen overall U.S. and transatlantic security by adding two democratic and highly capable military partners. We did not seek a war between NATO and Russia as I must dis as as much as I disagree with Mr. Putin and I find his actions an outrage. The United States will not try to bring out his ouster in Moscow. So long as the United States, our allies are not attacked, we will not directly engage in this conflict, either by sending American troops to fight in Ukraine or by attacking Russian forces. Except at the same time, look at what we're sending over there. We're sending over the U.S. plans to sell armed drones in Ukraine in coming days sources. That is from Reuters. So it's like, we're not going to fight over there, but we will send our robots, not our soldiers, we'll, but we'll send you our killer robots and we'll train you on how to use our killer robots. But, but we're not at war over there. I mean, at what point would this be like a mob boss being pulled into court? And he's like, I didn't try and kill anybody. I mean, I hired a hitman. I gave him the funding. Yes, I trained him. Yes, I handed him the weapon, but that wasn't me trying to kill anybody. I had, I had nothing to do with that. You, you got to have that conversation with the hitman. I mean, at what point are we really not at war with Russia when you're like, I'm not going to fight. It's just it's just uh, my, my killer robots are over there with my money, but that's not me. I got nothing to do with this fight. All right. I've yelled a bunch. Let's take a couple comments. Then we're going to hop into our last topic and call it an episode. Um Patina, Africa didn't sell their... Oh, I already read that. Why did I have to reread that offensive comment twice? How dare you? 
Patina, for a month, a uh, school district in Wales was giving their kids a bug option during lunch. Disgusting. Send me the article. Robsnewser at gmail.com. I'm a stay-at-home mom, so my husband is my boss. He sexually harasses me on the daily. Sounds hot. I hope uh, I hope that's what you guys are into. I'm not uh, I'm not judging. Not sure if it's whole bugs or just mushing a bar. You would hope mushing a bar so you can pretend like you're not eating bugs. Uh, all right, let's take uh, let's take uh, one more. Here we go. A good example is Germany returning to coal because they can't self-sustain on fucking windmills like any retard could predict. There you go. Uh, the fans are being funnier than I am today. All right, last topic, and we're gonna we're gonna do this one quickly because I gotta hit the road down to Pennsylvania in route to Pittsburgh. I'm gonna be in Pennsylvania tonight doing a show. If you guys are uh, out there uh, doing a guest spot, and I will, you, you have to check my Instagram. I forgot the name of the bar out, offhand, but Andy's gonna be out there also. Tommy Mormon, uh, probably going to be hanging out on his rooftop at some point. He's going to be at the show. Uh, so come hang out. All right, here we go. Um, student don't let student loan debt wiped clean for former Corinthian students. So apparently you had this Corinthian, I think they were the largest private college. Uh, if not, then they were the second largest. And apparently, you know, they did a pretty good job marketing. If there was a product that they should have sold, it was how to scam people get them to take on debt and pretend them that they will have a better financial future. Cause these people actually have a very lucrative product and it's figuring out industries that government's willing to fund and then creating products that can capitalize on the funding that government is willing to introduce to the marketplace. I bet some of these people, they went out there, they got themselves PPE loans. I'm just saying you, you want to know lucrative skill sets. It's figuring out the markets where government's going to introduce funding and then figuring out the products where you can just soak up all that funding and then government turns around and they're like, ah, shit, we caused another bubble here. People are in debt. And then what do they do? Well, nothing. They don't, no one goes to jail uh, because government's in on it. Right. So they, they, they don't want to cause, they don't want to call, they don't want to call. That was a lot of stuttering right there. That was a Biden amount of stuttering. They don't want to call attention to the scam that they provoked by making the money available and not being, not giving a watchful eye to where it was going. They don't want to call out the fact that all prices are rising whenever they introduce money to the market. No, they want to pretend like they can introduce money to the market and then everyone's going to thank them and they're going to be in a better spot. So when at the core of it, government introducing money to the market doesn't help, but actually puts people into more debt, government's in on this thing. And that, that's the only thing they can do is pretend like them printing money helps us so that they can steal more of it at the same time. And then every single time that they put an expert up there, you know what an expert is? You know what a government expert is? It's actually just the biggest sellout. It's a person that on paper has the best degrees, but is willing to sell out their academia, their academia and lie on behalf of government for a price tag. That's all you're really seeing. And when you see Janet Yellen up there, when you see uh, Greenspan, I, I mean, talk about Greenspan. That guy's talked about uh, government spending. He's talked about the need for gold. That guy, Greenspan understands what he was doing at the Fed. But, you, you know, some people, they'll, they'll sell out. The, the paycheck's large enough. They're willing to show up. They're willing to lie on your behalf. That's all an expert is. They're just the biggest sellout. Okay. So anyways, government's in on this racket. And so now they're, uh, what is it? It's $5.8 billion in student debt canceled. You don't even have to process the paperwork. You know why? Because these are lazy, dumb kids. They don't, they're not going to sit down. Apparently these loans were already forgiven, but these kids weren't going to sit down and do the paperwork, which I don't blame them. I'm the same way. I would just continue to, you know, at some point, it, it, you just go, eh, whatever. I'm not, I'm not paying you this money. You can't take this money. And government doesn't like that. They need people in the system. They need people doing the paperwork. And when you get lazy fucks, so lazy that they won't even do the paperwork 
to collect their own free money. Government just goes, all right, you know, we'll let you off the hook. We'll just absolve this thing. You know, we, we created this mess. All right, but here's the crazy part. How are people not going to jail? If you're saying that uh, that us as the taxpayers have to bail out these kids, right? We're just going to take a loss on the loans that we made for them. One, at a minimum, you should be clawing back this money. You should be going to those colleges. You should be getting, hey, that was theft. You, 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 you sold a product that was defective. The taxpayers are now going to have to bail out the people that got suckered into purchasing this product. So now you have to give the money back. But no, these people, they get to go live their nice lives. You know, they just helped government. If anything, government needed a solution to pretending like it was helping people by spending money. And so these people said, we'll take that money from you. Let us help you out. You're looking to say, hey, look at all this money that we're spending to help people and you got nowhere to spend it. Let me take that money off your hands. I, I know where you can spend that money. Let me help you out here. And so they're not they're, they're not clawing it back. They're not going after these people. If, if they we're going to have a conversation about forgiving student loan debt, which I don't think we should, because I think everyone should remain in more debt so that I don't have to compete with them for houses and women. I've already talked about this. You know, you guys went to college. You partied your asses off. You took on debt. You got your dick sucked. You did blow. You lived in some fraternity. And now we're 33 and you're in debt and I'm not. And now I want the blowjobs and I want the parties. What do you get to you get to party twice in the circle? No, you got to be down there. So I can that's the way it works. We can't just all be up here getting blowjobs all the time. There, there's not an equal distribution of mouths. That's not the way it works. I wish it did. I wish someone socialized mouths. I wish Bernie Sanders would come around and he said that there would be equal distribution of blowjobs along with the history, equal distributions of the monies, in which case, fine. I forgive the student loans because I'm gonna end up in that mouth, <laughs> anyways. Uh, all right. And so this was from NPR. I'm not going to read it because I've already yelled myself tired. Uh, but NPR was talking about why there won't be clawbacks. They weren't even talking about putting these people in jail, which obviously they should be going to jail. If you defrauded people to the point where the invest, uh, the taxpayers got to come in and bail them out, there, there should be some fucking jail here. You're saying that there was thievery, theft, you go to jail. But no, they go because the Fed had to sit down with these people and they had lunch with them in terms of working out these arrangements, you know, you don't want to put them in into jail. You don't want to have to claw back the money. And then also when uh, the taxpayers aren't screaming and yelling about it, this I'm putting the words in their mouths. Like they don't have the resources to go claw back the money. They got the resources to forgive the money. Like, I mean, the idea that there's no return on investment. So there's absolutely no one that government can hire to go prosecute these individuals claw back the money and then see there's no law firm in the world that could take this on pro bono and get a split on the clawback. I, I mean, that can't be possible. That can't be possible. It's because government's in on this thing. They're covering their own tracks. They don't want anyone angry about the money that they're spending, the bubbles they're creating. They don't want to call attention to this. All right. That is our episode. Uh, I don't know. Maybe back daily. I kind of like being here and yelling. This is more fun than stand up at times. Uh, other than that, I'm hitting the road right now, driving out to Philly. Hopefully there won't be too much traffic. I'm going to go over the tap and see I'm done with the George Washington bridge. I like that tap and Z drive. Even if it's longer, I recommend it. It's pretty over the tap and Z 287. And then you get into Jersey garden state parkway. Take uh take pee breaks. I'm going to eat a lot of cookies on this ride. That's what I'm going to do. And then tomorrow I'm going to be in Pittsburgh and, uh, hunting deers, breaking bottles under glass bridges. So come out some reports towards in session, uh, we also have big festival days going on end of the summer at Max's backyard comedy show. That's going to be a big one. I'm going to get a whole bunch of comics to come down for the show in Washington, DC. 
Uh, I've got the one out in Atlanta back at that theater that I did the last time, which was actually in Fayetteville. And I'm doing a totally new 45 minutes. It's not the end of your presentation. I'm bringing BK Chris with me for that one. We're going to be back in Nashville. That's going to be a fucking party out in Andrew's backyard. Haven't spoken to him yet about uh, doing another presentation for us. Uh, but that is our episode. Come out for some reports tour. Link in the episode description. Pittsburgh this Friday night. Come, come hang out. Oh, let's take a couple comments. We can close it out with a couple comments. Where's my mouse here? All right. Stinky blooper. Yo, Robbie, you have an interesting and real world view to help process these bullshit events, but um, you're not beholden to shit dogma. Thanks. You're welcome, buddy. Dirty Mike. Robbie, I don't think it says we're in Pittsburgh. Need to know before I decide. No, you don't. If you live in the general area, you don't need to know. Buy the ticket and take the ride, dude. You live in the area. Just buy a ticket. I'll send out an email. I'll let you know the exact address and I will be at that address. I'm not trying to sucker you. That address is going to have a porch. It's going to have a yard. It's going to be bring your own beer. It's going to have other run your mouth fans. Don't be a pussy, dirty Mike. Just buy the ticket. And then tomorrow, when I send out another email address, with it's got that blast. You know why? I just don't want to publicly put my friend's email address out on the internet so that when people don't buy a ticket and down the line, they find out that we were partying there. They're just knocking on the door being like, what do you know about Robbie the fire? Or they're like white nationalists were hanging out here, which we're not. But that's what I'm saying. You know, I don't want to be putting my friend's house on blast. So his neighbors know, or like the cops are like, hey, were you throwing an unregistered party at this establishment? You needed permits and you needed licensing and you needed insurance. And so just buy a ticket. And then tomorrow when I email everyone where the address is, it's like 15 minutes from downtown Pittsburgh. I think, you know, sometimes it's 45. We've had that happen in the past where I've overstated how the proximity to the major city because our fans weren't wealthy enough to be living in these fancy high rises in the city. But I promise you, we're close to Pittsburgh. It's going to be a fucking party. We're going to throw some bottles under bridges. So you know, just buy a ticket and I will send you an email. All right, last last one. Um, a good example is Germany. We're, we already got to that. All right, later, everybody.